0: Hey guys, welcome to The 7 Figure Box Show. My name is Andrew Frezza. And in today's episode, I'm joined by Jason Rule of Driven Nutrition. And Jason and I met back in 2016 at the Barbell Business Mastermind that we were attending. He was actually the first person that I ran into when I was checking into the uh, lobby of the hotel. And I've always been impressed with Jason throughout the years of just his sincerity and his quiet confidence that he has and just consistent execution Throughout the years, you know, Driven Nutrition has been one of these brands that hasn't had these uh, major breakouts um, like some of these other supplement companies, but they've also uh, managed to grow consistently every year, where a lot of these other supplement companies have seen really high highs and some of them are out of business or um, no longer really successful, at least in the CrossFit space. So Jason has always kind of taken this different approach where he's very focused on doing what's best for the athlete, the coach, the gym owner, as well as his business and his team. And he's really got this holistic view of of business and the supplement industry that really shows and and makes Driven Nutrition different. So in this episode, I was uh, really pleased with how this conversation went. I learned a lot from Jason, especially about how he runs the content side of his gym. So whether you guys want to actually build retail in your gym and build your supplement side or you just want to build your membership side your personal training side you guys will find some really good nuggets and how Jason talks about content um, we also talk about why his business is up during COVID um, and a lot of other things We talk about personal development we talk about how to sell more supplements if you want to learn about that so enjoy this episode with Jason rule of driven nutrition and thank you guys for joining
1: Big is your setup now how big is the warehouse and everything our warehouse um,
2: actually hadn't changed from when we met um, we're in 13,000 square foot uh, what has changed was um, I claimed 3,000 square foot upstairs directly up from where I am to where our marketing team could move up there um, it got to the point to where I was getting too many distractions um, at my office was at the end of the end of the warehouse line where orders were getting packed. So with all the distractions, I was like, so I re uh, remodeled the upstairs, painted, carpeted, stuff like that. Put a kitchen in, and then me and marketing moved upstairs. Um, so and since then, we've kind of filled in the rest of the warehouse. We've gone filled in and filled up. So we're uh, our facilities here are 13,000 square
1: foot in Springfield. Wow, and that includes the 3,000 upstairs. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yep. What and how big is your team now? Uh, we have 19 total employees wow that's awesome
2: yeah i think i think uh about 75 percent is fulfillment you know the majority of what we do is making sure that we get orders out right and we get orders out fast
1: yeah have you had any have you had any um bottlenecks with covid in terms of getting the product that you want and stuff like that
2: no actually uh since we're since we're so sensitive to it with covid uh with lakin and his heart condition um, I started placing orders back in March and April um, and I would space those out three months in advance. Uh, we paid for and we committed to those orders through the end of the year uh, because I was thinking like, hey, there's probably going to be some shortages and I didn't want to be one of those companies that had had to deal with the shortage. So I just put my money up front and said, hey, we're doing this. Make sure that they run. So get the product on order. Nice. Have you been able to move that
1: product? Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 We've grown. We're up about 45% um,
1: over last year. Wow. Now, has there been anything through COVID that's actually been like a benefit for you? Or is that just you guys just, you know, working your ass off and (laughs) making up for it? (laughs) Well, well, I'd love to be able to take uh,
2: credit for everything. Um, but a lot of that is, you know, just our overall growth, our trajectory within the gym community of gyms, referring one to the other. And then, uh, when COVID actually hit, um, we started gym drive where we started posting content on behalf of gyms that we worked with. And it got to the point, I think we were posting for almost 420 gyms overall, 420 accounts overall between Instagram and Facebook. And we were posting, uh, we use custom fields for their gym name, as well as their affiliate link. So those gyms that were closed, we were able to post on their accounts, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we were doing it three times a week, and since they were using affiliate links, we bumped their online commission to forty percent. Um, so it got to the point where we were uh, paying out about eighteen hundred dollars a day in affiliate commissions.
1: Wow, uh, could you could you break that down a little bit more? Like, so they were giving you their Facebook logins. Is that how it was working? And then, yeah, yeah, yeah
2: very close. Uh, so there's a single sign on, uh, we have an agency software built in social.drivennutrition.net, nutrition.net, and they can do a single sign on to where once they connect to our API, our software, then we have, we have a, the ability using business manager and their account to post on their Facebook as well as on their Instagram. And since we've got, you know, the idea was we've got all this content that we've been posting for the last seven years, you know, that is built around CrossFit Gyms. It's you know, it it has the same feel and it smells like a CrossFit Gym. It's congruent with the messaging that these gyms put out. But I was like, hey, what happens? What would happen if we could post for these gyms on their behalf using our messaging, their imaging if they so desire? Um, how would we figure that out? And it got to the point where we were able to onboard a new gym and using gym drive, uh, in five minutes. And we
1: were able to schedule their content six months out in advance. Wow. Now, how did they, when you say incorporate their content, like incorporate like a picture from their gym, is that what you're saying? How right. we're most doing that or how do, does that add to the five minutes? You still could do that in five minutes.
2: So yeah, so the, the content is posted, it's on a content calendar, like a lot of these softwares, whether it's Hootsuite or anything like that, it's just a drag and drop feature. So we were able to schedule all the content ahead of time. And since it's a visual editor, you're able to say if like, for example, you wanted to post about disruptor casing, we were able to pull up what is the content flow that is set up for Andrew's gym. And we were able to just drag the picture of casing that you sent us over to that post. So it took longer than five minutes to do that, but it was one that we were happy to do.
1: It's really cool and and how did how hard was that to get buy-in from the gyms you said you got what 400 into that uh 400 total 400
2: total plus accounts so overall it was about 210 215 total crossfit gyms that had us doing that um and no it, it uh thankfully in the space we've been at it long enough that we've established that trust and i just acknowledged even when when we made the announcement like look i understand giving your giving your Facebook credentials and access to anyone, especially somebody that runs a subnet company, um, is extraordinary. It takes a huge amount of faith and trust. So if it's not something that you're comfortable with, don't do it, but that's the only way that we're able to d- deliver this service to you is if we have the ability to post on your account. And we we tried to send them, you know, CSVs, we tried to send them Google Docs, but everybody's busy, you know, the um, everybody's bandwidth and capacity in March and April was just absolutely maxed out. So I just found like, Hey, the only way we're going to do it and actually be able to deliver service to these guys is if we're doing it through automation. So yeah. it is like, if you want to do it, this is how it needs to be done.
1: Yeah. The, the done for you model. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting, just like thought exercise to think about like, okay, what, you know, as a gym owner, how could I help my clients in the same way? Like, how can I literally go so far as to kind of do the work for them? Obviously you can't do a workout for them, but you know, you could a meal delivery service or something like that. You could have stuff on site, you could have a supplement subscription where they just literally pick it up, stuff like that, where you, you're just eliminating barriers to them getting what they want what they need. Right. Right. What was it? What was the software you said you used for that? So it's social.drivennutrition.net.
2: It's a a white
1: label service that we have. Gotcha. Man, that's awesome. So how do you see that playing out? Like, let's say things return to normal in six months. How do you, how do you, yeah, that's funny, right? (laughs) No, it's not, but it's, it's all you can do is laugh at this point. Um, Let's say things when they do return to what we consider normal. How do you see that continuing? Or do you think that this is mainly just a, a pandemic type of thing that people are more open to?
2: Oh, man, that's a good question, Andrew. So uh, through complete transparency, uh, this, is, this is a goal that I set up three years ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, through the onboarding system that we have we've always been about the end user, the end client experience to where, what does, what does a gym owner need? What does the, the athlete need? And then trying to fill in those gaps to where does it, you know, our North star is, does it help our gym owners? And is it something we have the capacity to do and gym owners, gym owners, business owners in in general, it's all about high speed, low drag. So we've got content that we've been producing for the last seven years. Do you want to be able to re- do you want to have to reproduce that same thing? Like we can probably talk better about our products than you can if you're a new gym owner. So what I'm actually seeing, probably about 40% of the gyms that I'm onboarding now, when I mention it, they say, Yeah, absolutely, set it up. Which which again, you know, granted, is extraordinary, you know, saying, hey, some company that we're just now working with, turn on your social media post inside my gym. Um so no, it's not something that that I think will go away when COVID goes. I think it's something that we're gonna be leaning very heavily into in the future uh, because you have a captive audience that we're trying to speak to. You have bills that you need to pay that we have the capacity to be able to help with with, and your members are already buying these supplements. They're just not necessarily buying them from your gym. So how do we how do we connect those dots between our products, your clientele, and make sure that you're compensated fairly for it? That's awesome. How do
1: you, what have you learned on the content side in that regard, in terms of structuring the content, what works, what doesn't, is it just a numbers game of, Hey, we got to continue to talk about this three times a week for, you know, indefinitely, is it a launch sequence where it has to be very set up to a specific, you know, pre-sale, something like that. Like, what are the things that you've learned that would be relatable to any type of content, whether it's a new program you're selling at the gym or a new product you're trying to get a, get sold?
2: Man, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna throw that back at you. Um, I think one of the reasons that we've been able to get traction inside of the gym community that we have is we pay attention to how does a gym work, right? And And a lot of times people, some people are exceptional at at running gyms and they're exceptional at taking people through the client journey, but they don't necessarily connect that their client journey is really the same as their journey through uh, something new, right? So when you got a new member, uh, they're gonna get excited about it. They're gonna come out out of the gates. They're gonna wanna blow past onboarding. Hey, I got pull ups bro, just show me muscle ups. I wanna do double unders. And they end up with these whips all over the place. Uh, And then it really just comes down to habits. You know, setting their clothes mm-hmm. out the day before, making sure that they have their protein shake inside their gym bag, making sure that they have water set up, removing friction. So, as a gym owner, it comes down to consistency of message. You know, you're new inside of this journey of retail. You're new inside of this journey into whether you're selling uh, our brand, any other brand, um, shirts, blender bottles, whatever it is. So, what is something that you can do consistently day over day? And um, the thing that I've come to try to preach towards gyms is uh seth godin's message from this is marketing people like us do things like this uh this is where we work out these are the clothes we wear these are the shoes we wear so if you if you want to see that in in action like you already do like you've been at it forever uh look around your gym and ask yourself how many people are wearing metcons or nanos right probably 80 percent. yeah so the the only reason they do that is people like us do things like this. These are the shoes we wear. And as a gym owner, like you almost laugh, like, cause you know, like when somebody comes in sporting some nanos and some knee sleeves, like they're a member you got them for a year two years, like they're down. Uh, so, and the reason is, is because that's something that they constantly see day after day after day. These are habits that you guys instill inside of your gyms. These are messages and imaging that you put forth every single day. It's just not done intentionally it's automatic because it's a habit so with supplements with retail having that same mindset of realizing there's really this ascension ladder between you know hey i'm going to go in really hot and heavy but it isn't necessarily the hard workouts that make the difference it's the it's the consistency over time compounded that makes the huge impact uh, you know a year from now two years from now to where you have you know inventory setting on your shelves and your members just go grab it just because that's what we do here
1: Now, from a content perspective, I think a lot of gym owners, coaches know they should be putting out more content. They understand that. They understand, um, you know, especially after hearing your point, like, yes, okay, it's a practice. It's It's something I have to do day after day. But how do you actually get the ideas for content i mean for for a gym owner they have more to work with you're a supplement company it's like you only have so much to say right i mean that's that could be the mindset is like how much can you really talk about when it relates to a bag of whey protein right like there's only so much to say so do you have ways to and i know you have a team that helps you as well but like do you have ways to hit it from different angles or how do you think about that Absolutely. So there's a couple of different ways to think about that. So you can borrow and steal our content
2: all you want. Like there's, there's thousands of posts. We post three times every single day out on social media. Um, Surely in the last week, there's probably something that strikes a nerve of a product that you've either used yourself or have thought about using Um, when I'm, so that's a, that's an easy hack, right? But the mindset I tried to establish with gym owners is uh, what do you take and why do you take it? And that's such a simple thing. That has nothing to do with the science behind BCAAs or whey protein, whey concentrate versus whey isolate. You know, what's chicken isolate? You know, the branch chain amino acid content is 1.8 times more powerful. Like we can really get into some mTOR and some nerdy shit on this. But I hope I hope this isn't G-rated, by the way. So please no, you're hit, good. The, hit the <laughs> bleep button. So, but none of, none of the nerdy stuff really matters. If a gym owner can just stop and say, what do I take and why do I take it? It really resonates. And so the mindset I believe is more important than the what. Um, and this is an example, uh, an affiliate I was on board uh, about three or four months ago said, you know, I just don't know what to say about these supplements. I said, well, do you take a protein shake? "Well, yeah. How do you do it? How do you make it? Well, I take about four or five ounces of cold water, put a scoop in and I shake it up. Okay why do you use cold water? Well, it tastes better when it's cold. Okay. Why do you put the cold water in first instead of the protein? Well, because that's how you keep from clumping it up. Okay. So here's the thing, like, you know that, but probably 90% of your clientele doesn't. So the, it's not necessarily wowing them with your level of information. It's a matter of inserting yourself into the conversation to where when they think about supplements, they see you as a resource, not as the know-it-all. So if you're able to share with them how you make a protein shake, then before they go buy something on bodybuilding.com or at the local retail store that they have no business taking, they, they may come and talk to you, Andrew. And that comes through that mindset of not necessarily being so enthralled with the science or I have to know everything there is to know about a product, just consistency. And if it's nothing more than doing a, a quick Instagram story of yourself t- drinking a protein shake or something post-wad, that's all you need. You just need to insert yourself on their feed where they see you as a resource for whatever it is that you're trying to offer them
1: yeah i love i love how you're able to just distill this down to its most basic practical level and it sounds like you know if if you did read an article and that's why you bought something then you could share something a little bit more science-based or even share the link to the article but if you didn't share you know what directed you towards that decision um, right. because you're still probably a, a huge leg up or above your members in terms of knowledge base and and uh, skill set there right um, with your I want to talk about the practicality of your content and content team because I imagine you're not spending all your hours on this so okay. how did you go about like creating a content team and I mean you have a bigger organization than most gyms but could they leverage a member a coach to basically do for their gym beyond just supplements, what you're doing um, for your organization and the gyms you work with?
2: Yeah, so that's a good question. We started that back in September of last year. I wanted to get to the point where we had three scheduled posts every single day to the point to where we don't have to touch it again. Um, so what we did was we set out and said, okay, here's the list of products we have. You know, We've got 32 SKUs, just a protein alone. Let's come up with five posts for each of those. Okay. Now let's do the same thing with branched chain amino acids. Let's do it with disrupt. So we just created this sheet of, uh, of our products, right? So the URLs, we call it an asset sheet at this point. Now it's this huge monster between our, our actual posts, our optimized articles, that type of thing. But it started literally with just a sheet of, okay, here's our products. Here's the five posts about those. And we just started chipping away. And as we chipped away, we would get them scheduled out. Um, and from there, I believe one of the one of the aha moments for me was realizing people really don't give a shit about our posts. Nobody cares as much about our posts that we do today as we do. So, the re- the reason I share that is we're always trying to come up with new original cool content that that we're trying to get viral. Really all we should be trying to do is put ourselves in front of the customer, in front of the people who are buying the products as well as the gym. So, repurposing content has been a huge leg up for us. And you can do that through Google Sheets, you can do that through automated schedulers. And like our, our social dashboard, you actually have the ability to say, hey, I want to reschedule this post every six months. There's not a downside to this. Um, my guess is you couldn't recognize a post that went on your gym six months ago. There's no way one of your followers or one of your gym members or one of your potential clients is going to recognize that. So. Uh, The reason I say nobody really gives a shit about what we post is because that's the first hurdle that I had to get over thinking that I had to come up with original content and people are paying such close attention to our content that they would notice if we did something twice. Yeah.
1: So do you even um, change a picture or anything like that? You use the exact same post? Uh, It's about 50-50. We
2: use um, Design Pickle and Mm -hmm. what we found is they can produce an image about every 30 days or one image about a day. So we'll say, okay, here's a product, here's a, here's a feeling that we're trying to get across. So as they do that, we're cycling through that, but you know, we've got, what is that? 90 posts scheduled out over the next 30 days. So we, not everything is original, not everything's new, but some of it is, and we just, as those new, as those new images come across, we've moved that over into the mix, just using that drag and, drag and drop feature.
1: Yeah. I love that. Um, I'm a, I'm on, uh, Ramit Sethi's email list, you know, Ramit. Yeah. Um, and he does kind of something similar, but I mean, he's using that to launch thousand dollars, multi-thousand dollar courses. I mean, he basically has a a 365 day year built out of emails that like, wow, you know, every January, let's say he's going to launch his zero to launch if you're on his email list. And then every March it's going to be you know, his course on productivity or whatever it might be. And you get a lot of the same emails and then every once in a while he'll mix one in that's more relevant to like what's happening today. Um, But it's funny because I'll read sometimes an email that I know is the same email and I'll still read the full thing because I like it. It's a good reminder. It's good information. Um, You know, and every once in a while I've signed up from, for his course, you know, the second or third time a launch thing came around. Um, you know, so it's like, if you could do that, if he could do that to sell 2000, $3,000 courses, we can do that to sell $50 supplements and $200 gym memberships. Right. Right. And one of the, one of the easy ways to do that is if you've got a
2: a handful of testimonials, those really should be scheduled in and filtered, you know, once every 30 days, drop those in, you've got testimonials from your beautiful clients, uh, drop those in the clients not going to be pissed off if they see themselves posted 12 times a year on your page. They're probably gonna share it every single time.
0: So That's awesome. absolutely,
2: yeah, recycle the content. Nobody's paying enough attention to your feed to where they're gonna get offended, trust me.
1: <laughs> um, so you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to come back to, which was the idea of trust, um, which you're in an industry where it's, it's kind of up there with like the, uh, you know car dealership used car industry of like the trust is at the bottom of the barrel and you've mentioned right. to separate yourself as someone that people trust a lot so if if you were to guess where that came from what do you think uh causes that trust that that gyms have with you uh in my personality or in the industry um whatever comes to mind whatever you think as creating that with you and the brand? Cause I, you know, it's kind of synonymous. I think that, you know, the people that work with, with Driven also associate you with that brand. So uh,
2: my dad's, my dad's a retired highway patrolman. Um, my brother's a trooper. Uh, two of my nephews are troopers. Like that's just the, that's just the ethos that I grew up in. Like you do what you say, uh, you'll do. And then you follow through on it and you deliver past expectations and then when you screw up you own it um it's the nice thing is is you never really have to remember what you said because it's always consistent and it's always the truth and for me in in the supplement industry here, here's a true story and i shared this on uh, with chris cooper when i was on this podcast um this was six years ago andrew um i reached out to chris cooper uh, who are those that don't know Chris Cooper? He's, he's an amazing consultant inside the CrossFit space. He owns two brain business, and um, I I just said I said hey Chris I don't know if if you guys address retail in your in your training, but I have uh, an expansive knowledge with supplements as well as retail. So if there ever is an opportunity for us to to collaborate, I'd love to talk with you. And his response back was Jason, if you have to tell somebody, so well I should preface this. My first sentence was. Chris, I'm, I'm not trying to spam you here, but, and then I addressed it. And so his response back was, Jason, if you have to tell somebody you're spamming them, you're spamming them, not interested. <laughs> and so I shared that with him. He goes, he goes, man, I am so embarrassed. But uh, the thing is like, I, I was so grateful that he sent that because I actually printed that off and I still have it in my drawer um, because really what that told me was like, nobody knows you at this point. It doesn't matter what you can say you do until you actually do it over and over and over again, consistently, so much so that people can no longer ignore you. People can no longer classify you as a supplement guy in this space. No, it's Jason. Like, it is different. Um, and, you know, at the mastermind that we were at, um, somebody told, gave me the compliment. He said, you're really weird. <laughs> I said, "Well, thank you." He said, "No, like that's a compliment. Uh, we, as humans, we're designed to see weird. We have to pay attention to it when something moves fast out in the bush, or something's different than anything else out there in this in this space. We have to pay attention to it." Um, so,
1: so I hope that well, answers your question. Yeah. Well, we'll just. I just want to build on that. What would a gym owner find that's different when they start working with you? They want to, you know, launch with driven. What will be those things that are like, oh, wow, this is different? Um, so we have, we have an extensive
2: onboarding process. So we don't have a wholesale price list. Um, if you call me up and ask me to send you samples, I tell you no, get online and order it, um, uh, which sometimes rubs people the wrong way. But my, my, my ethos is if you're gonna ask your members to buy it, you should probably buy it yourself. Not because somebody gave you some free shit. I believe the same with coaches. uh, Sell products at cost to your coaches, Um, but we have we have a strong. We built this with the end customer in mind. What does a gym need in order to be able to talk to their members about supplements consistently, and how do we deliver that day after day after day, and then have a support system built on the back of it? So, for example, we have a Facebook group called Building Retail in Your Box, and all we do is we focus on what's currently working inside of retail and then we share that up.
1: Thanks. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, our mastermind that we did. What was that, four years ago, we did the barbell yeah. mastermind together? And you were yeah. the first, first face I ran into in that, the first person <laughs> I got to meet there, which was cool. Um, I just wanna ask you more on the, the personal professional development side, what things have you done since, since then, if anything, to keep that going. Oh man.
2: I want to ask you the
1: same question, Andrew. Your podcast uh, Well, is- I'll, I'll, I'll start with something that I'm doing right now. If you need a second to kind of think about it. please. Um, so Tony and I just started, my brother and I just started working with a company called Conscious Leadership Group. Um, we actually one someone who's a listener of the podcast recommended the book, The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership which is a really cool book, a really cool framework for um, just approaching everything in regards to your business, your team. Um, And they have a, a couple of YouTube videos you can look at where they break it down really simply, which is are you above the line or are you below the line? So above the line would be like, are you working from abundance, joy, trust, curiosity, love? And then below the line would be like, are you working from scarcity? Um, fear, anxiousness. And uh, most of us spend most of our day below the line. So it's not something that um, you can really aspire to be, oh, I'm going to be 100% above the line, but how can you recognize where you are in any given moment and then be able to, you know, kind of react, correct correct course accordingly. So we just started working with a coach where we're going to be having calls every week or two, implementing stuff into our team meetings and Uh, I'm excited for it, but it's definitely getting us out of our comfort zone so far.
2: That that doesn't surprise me at all. I think you're going to excel in something like that, dude. Like the fact that you would get uh, um, gravity would pull you in that direction doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, well done. Um, So, since the mastermind we went to, um, actually, it was at that mastermind that we met that Sean um, Emery uh, encouraged me to start building retail in your box. And in fact, the very first picture, if you go down to the bottom of it is a picture of me and Sean at the, oh, mall. Nice. yeah. So the reason that little insight into my soul, the reason I didn't do it before, I think we had like four or 500 affiliates at that point, um, was I was afraid I didn't have, um, enough important stuff to say in, in that group. So that was, that was really a self-limiting belief that I had and Sean, you know, you know, Sean, let me like. He's, yeah. he's never at a loss for words. He's a beautiful human. And he said, dude, like I've never met somebody that is candid as you are about supplements or that retail space as a whole. Like if you don't share it with people, how do you think they're gonna learn about it? And it was really at that moment, like I like, okay, I'll, I'll start. And I just started uh, sharing different stuff, sharing different content. So the, the realization that I had at that mastermind was the phrase, actually two, uh, and they conflict. One was nobody nobody wins if I play small. So if if I don't if I don't share our message, um, no nobody really wins. Uh, the other oh, one, nice. was, yeah, thank you. So here's here's where here's the dichotomy of these two statements. The other one was uh, Mike Bledsoe actually shared with me in the hot tub when we were hanging out. He said, you know, one of the things that I admire so much, uh, what you do is you're not the brand. He said, "I with with what I do, like our names. Our names are the brand. And at at some point, the company you have, you'll be able to put somebody in a position where they can run the company, and hopefully do a better job because they have a better skill set. As far as if once the company reaches a certain level, it usually extends past somebody's capacity that we founded it. At. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's I, I'm in that I'm in that blend where I'm." I'm being, I'm learning to be comfortable sharing with what I know, um, having conversations like this um, without without any preparation. But at the same time, not putting my face out there to where people are buying products because of Jason Rule. I want them to be able to buy products because the team of people that we have and the trust that we've established inside of the
1: industry. Yeah, lots of lots of good stories start with Mike Bledsoe in a hot tub. That's, that is so true. <laughs> um, I've seen your your growth from a, um, a communication standpoint and willingness to put yourself out there. Just It's like night and day over the last four or five years. Is that just coming from this, like just reminding yourself, hey, no one wins if I play small or, or what, what other things, if anything, has contributed to your growth in that area? Reps that's all it is. Um,
2: you know, it, uh, I, I started in an industry that is really, um, you gain respect by either being over the top or huge or massively muscled up. Like that's the supplement industry. Um, and for a long time I was in that and I really kind of judged myself for how I perceived other people judging me as opposed to what I actually had to bring to the table. And, it started with one podcast it started with one conversation in front of people and if if you go back and if you think back to the group at the mastermind we're at i didn't talk for a day and a half like i one-on-one yeah like i enjoy i enjoy getting to know people and if you take a look at like our relationship through that mastermind like we met each other but you you if i recall right and this isn't a judgment call like you it wasn't until the very last day that we really started to build a relationship and friendship because we sat down and just started talking to each other as humans. And I and finding finding comfort in having those conversations to where you just share without any without any goals, without any desires of what it is that I'm trying to take from this conversation or from this person. Um, that is that has that has benefited my growth a lot. It's just reps.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like I know you've, at least from my experience, you've always been good in that one-on-one environment. So it sounds like you just, in a lot of ways, translated what you were already good at into talking to a camera, talking to larger groups of, okay, I'm just talking to a single person.
2: Right, right. That's exactly right. Just uh, just framing it in that standpoint of what I'm comfortable with. Um, and getting out of my head of how do I look, or how do I sound, or what does this mean to the person listening to it, instead just sharing my message and letting it be filtered and and absorbed by whoever happens to come across it.
1: Yeah, nice. So I wanna ask you, why do you think, and maybe you don't believe this is true, so I guess you could agree or disagree with my statement first, but why do you (laughs) think so many supplement companies have come and gone through the crossfit affiliate community i'm you know and i think about like progenics and NutriForce and sfh and and a lot of them are still around it's not like they're completely out of business at least that i know of but like it seemed like they had these really prominent runs where they were like the guy and then they're like they're not anymore um and it just seems like you guys have been you've never had these huge highs but you have just continually grown throughout the years. I think, I
2: I think that last sentence really answers it. Um, I, I've posted about this a few times, uh, popularity is a shitty business model. Mm. And thankfully inside of the supplement space, people go for that big flash. They go for that. Hey, let's go get crazy growth. Let's scale. Let's do drop ship and. You know, and then they get to the point to where they spin out, and their foundation isn't strong enough. Whether their foundation isn't strong enough of order fulfillment, they're not able to maintain um, chain of custody in terms of the product, making sure that they have proper stock levels. They haven't, they haven't efficiently built a business with a solid foundation. They've built it based off of popularity, and uh, you know, I think that Progenics is a good example of that. Yeah, because uh, you remove, re- you remove the community component which was really starting to erode beforehand because there's only so long you can overcharge for a commodity product
1: you would consider supplements a commodity
2: absolutely absolutely and that's that's one of the that's one of the rarities in the industry that we that the drum that we constantly beat is these are commodities you know you there's three manufacturers really that make micronized creatine in the United States. So if I were to come out and say, "Hey, my creatine is special," I'm full of shit. So why don't like I don't need to say that. There's enough studies out there that have validated that creatine is king, other than protein. So why don't I lean on that and stay true to who I am to the audience that we work with, as opposed to coming out with some new pseudoscience of, "Hey, this is why this commodity is so much better than that commodity." when there's a lot of likelihood it's a
1: very similar product if not the same yeah Yeah. and it seems like you guys have always put like all three parties at at the top of your priority list meaning like the the end consumer the athlete the gym owner who's who's selling it as well as you know yourself and your team your employees you guys have always sort of valued all three um whereas i think a lot of supplement companies an example I see with like RX Bar would be—I mean, they're so huge now. They're not even really like a supplement company; more of a food company. But you—you you could, as a gym owner, you could buy the RX bars cheaper at Costco or even sometimes a regular grocery store like a Publix or Whole Foods than you could get at wholesale prices. Like not even what right. you could retail them for. You could buy them cheaper than what you could buy them for through their wholesale side of the website. Is that? Is that one of the ways that you guys kind of approach it as trying to value all three parties? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, uh, like, like I can't buy your endorsement.
2: Um, I can't buy Chris Cooper's endorsement. All I can do is show up. So when I get kicked between the legs six years ago uh, and print that off, I, I realize like, okay, it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter that, yes, I do value that client. I do value the coaches and I have loyalty to the business owners. I have to show it time and time again, year over year over year, and eventually we'll build that trust up. So the I, I understand instinctively that that loyalty swings both ways. And as soon as you sell somebody out, like you should not expect them to trust you. Again. Um, and that's like, that's been repeated over and over in the supplement industry since the beginning of supplements. Like they get big or, and then they either go online, they go mass market, start selling them for a buck or two bucks over the wholesaler's cost, or they start shaving raws out to make a cheaper product.
1: Now, from your perspective, do you see anything that you would consider like mistakes or big areas of improvement for gym owners? And this is not just supplement, because you've already hit on some of this. You talked about content, how content could kind of be improved for gym owners. Uh, it could be something mindset related. But like, where where do you see with working so many with so many gym owners, are you like, okay, I could see where the way they interact with me is causing them a lot of probably uh, heartache and issues in other areas of your business. Is there anything that comes to mind for that? Yeah, uh, shiny object syndrome.
2: Uh, it's, the same, it's the same mindset you guys as clients have. Like they, they, they focus on one thing for two weeks or two months or six months and then they go off when they hit a plateau uh, and then they kind of fall off a cliff and then they stop doing the things that brought them to levels of success. Uh, it's reps, it's consistency over time um, and realizing like, Hey, set your North star, set the things that you need to get done and continue doing that. And uh, I mean, like we're, we're a living example of that. Like our North star really hasn't changed in seven years.
1: Yeah. What, what does the future look like for driven? You mentioned that the, um, the social media thing that you had mentioned earlier, uh, was something you had in the works for three years. What are some of the things that, you know, you'd be happy to talk about or share that is going to be part of the
0: future for driven.
1: Yeah, good question. Um, Canada,
2: um, overseas, like we're we'll we'll break we'll probably break 2,000 affiliates this week um, if 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 our pay stays the same. So we're very close to that. So we have to get we have to get to Canada. We have to get over to Europe um, and continue kind of spreading that message and consistency. And for us, it really comes down to, uh, here's something I plan on doing, and I'd like your feedback. I wanna post up inside of our retail group. I wanna send an email out to our affiliates. I wanna do it in a public setting to where it's in our group. And I wanna ask, and you may fall into this group. So I'd like to get your answer Mm -hmm. publicly here. So anybody that hasn't ordered from us in the last three months or the last six months, why? What can we do different? What can we do better? Hmm. Um, and it's that question that I want to be able to get answered because I don't know what I don't know at this point. Yeah. Um, and it's those, yeah, we're, we'll we have 2000 affiliates, but they're not all active. They're not constantly ordering. We're not building value for those guys. So I want to know why. And then I want to go back and fix that.
1: Yeah. Um, so for us, uh, we started selling a maybe a year and a half ago, um, and it came down to just that's what many of our coaches were using at that point. Um, and we found too that this is and this goes back to our lack of consistency on the content side. So I'm having some some little wake up calls and light bulb moments as we're talking, but. Um, you know, we kind of found as something was in our retail area for a while, it kind of got uh, stale or overlooked. Mm-hmm. Right. So obviously I could see where the content lack of content really, um, creates that, but it was like, okay, well, let's try this since our coaches are taking it it's got some new buzz around it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's worked decently well for us. I know the margins aren't, aren't as good as, as with, uh, with driven, um, And I don't know if you asked the question, what would get us back? But I don't know if I have an answer for that at this moment. Um, Yeah. uh, My question is, um,
2: what could we do differently? How could we help more? Not necessarily get you back because my hope, and my hope has always been whatever it is we teach, you can apply to our brand or you can apply to Ascent. Yeah. So what, what what could you do to build
1: retail there at your gym? What are you missing? Uh, Definitely the content. I mean, we don't talk about it enough, and it's it's uh, you know it's crazy because all of our staff um, that I know and see uses it at some level. Mm -hmm. They're they're using either using the way the KC, they're using something from Ascent. So um, just not talking about, not having the content on it is probably the biggest deal, and then i've seen a lot of success when we have done pre-orders we do pre-orders with retail like t-shirts and stuff and we do great with that we always move a good amount of apparel but we don't regularly do that with supplements um so that would probably be another big factor for us
2: can i share an idea with you that may help that
1: yeah love ideas okay
2: Okay. all right so this may this well this will be like spaghetti throwing it against the wall see if it sticks uh i'm curious on your feedback on it So first I got a question. Um, Do you see members buying other products elsewhere that they bring into the gym? Do you see much of that? I don't see a ton of it. No. Um, If they
1: do bring it in, they tend to bring it in already in a shaker. So it's Mm -hmm. hard to say for sure what they have. And, you know, at least 50% of the time, if I do ask, they're saying, you know, something that we sell, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't, I'm not asking, Oh, did you buy it here? Um, right. so potentially they're buying it separately, but, um, but right. yeah, we don't see a lot of just outside supplements. Okay.
2: So that's, that's out of the norm, uh, from my experience with most gems, a lot of gems, and maybe it's because you've been selling a brand for a year and a half. You've kind of entrenched it there. Um, but if you go to your coaches and you have a conversation and just say, guys, we haven't done a great job of raising awareness about the products that we're, we have to sell. Our members are learning about these products online. They're learning about them in their Facebook feed. Like if you pull up your Facebook, ask your coaches, get all five of them, 10 of them, 30 of them, whatever it is you have, tell them to pull up Facebook. The second post is most likely going to be an ad for supplements. Your members are the same thing. So your members are seeing supplements in their feed they're just not seeing them from you guys. So they don't see you guys as a resource for those. So when you go, when you go and you talk to the coaches, acknowledge like, Hey, you don't within the supplement industry, it's the same thing. Like you said, like car dealers, right? So we don't want to be seen as, Hey, we're pushing this message out. Um, but we need to be part of the conversation. We need to be seen as um, a resource to where when Sally does see that ad for uh you know, apple cider vinegar for $79 for, you know, to subscribe for three months in a row and she's going to lose 96 pounds. Like Sally needs to be able to stop and say, you know what? I remember Andrew posting about something that, that helped him stay lean. I should talk to him about that. And every member is going to have a different connection with a different coach. So if you're talking to your coaches and you just tell them like, don't put stuff out there that isn't relevant to who you are or what it is you take, be you, be honest. Be the, be the person that your members see when they come to the gym, but start sharing, this is what I do, and this is why I do it. And my guess is if you go over your coach's feed over the last 30 days, one of them has probably posted about a pair of shoes or a new sports bra or new shorts or new pants or new wad shorts. So, But they're not doing about that about supplements. Supplements truly have more impact on fitness and wellness than shorts or shoes or sports bras. So I feel coaches have an obligation to be able to put themselves inside of that content stream to where when members do think about supplements, they, they at least come to mind. And what will happen is, is this Sally will stop and she'll go talk to your coach and ask, hey, do you think this is a good fit? And the coach isn't going to sell them something that isn't a good fit for them. They're going to guide them to the product that they genuinely like, or they'll say, yeah, I don't know much about it. Give it a try and let me know what you think. They're going to answer it. But if if your coaches don't make it an intentional part of their fitness journey, which they do, but they don't share it, they don't lead by example. So if they start doing that, that will change the face of retail there at your gym, I believe. Mm-hmm.
1: What's what's possible? I think a lot of gym owners are just like you know, I, I just want to have give my members easy access to good products. I don't care to make a lot of money. Maybe they're, maybe they're opting out of supplements altogether to focus on the core business or maybe they're doing a lot or think they're doing a lot but they're just not having a lot of success so like what what are the great gyms doing from a supplement standpoint and what's possible um with like a given membership base you got 200 members
2: 200 members i mean we've got some gyms that'll break five figures with
1: 200 members is that monthly yes wow. and what what products are they they moving is that mostly just protein or are those those gyms Really extending the full gamut of what you guys offer. I have rarely do I find a gym that focuses on more
2: than like five to ten products. Um, protein is always the the biggest mover, and you know it it has no barrier to entry. There really isn't any concern, you know. Uh, Creatine has this safety effect of vitamin C and yet st- people still, there's a barrier to entry, especially with ladies, like they're concerned about taking it. That barrier can be, get moved down to where if you have a female coach or a female owner sharing their insights and sharing what they get from it and what they don't get from it, they have heard some confusion about it making you bloated, that type of thing. So it's running the gamut between the low barrier and entry products like protein to the higher barrier of entry products like CBD, hemp oil that has a retail value of $300
1: is there any gyms that you you think are not a fit to sell supplements and and not just to work with driven because i'm sure there's gyms you're like yeah you're not a good fit for us but like they shouldn't sell supplements at all they should just focus on their core business there's
2: a few there's a few of them andrew um But but the only thing that comes to mind is that they're very limited with space, like some very small facilities, like up in the New York market that I've spoken to, they just—they don't even have a back room. I mean, they're 1,200 square foot. It's a bullet when you walk in and you walk out. Uh, So they don't have the room for that. But even at that, they have the capacity to to sell stuff using affiliate links, to sell stuff using their email. Uh, Because again, there's not one gym on the planet that doesn't have members who are buying supplements.
1: Cool. well i think i want to wrap up there jason um is there anything else that you had to add or want to add to the conversation uh no
2: man i guess i need to give i need to give a plug because i most podcast people are like oh so how people how can people find you so, <laughs> usually i forget that so you can find us at drivennutrition.net if you if you own a gym and you'd like to look into care our products if you hover over the driven affiliate area and you click the link that says become a driven Affiliate." It takes about 30 seconds to fill that out the very next step it's going to take you actually into our affiliate training portal at this point which andrew you haven't ever seen it's kind of cool um, mm-hmm. and the first step will be scheduling a call to get on board and to see how we can help
1: but, nice awesome well thanks jason absolutely man i appreciate it i enjoyed it